Escape from what? Does anybody feel that they're being held? That they, something you need to escape from? Anybody? No, see, that's the problem. Yes, talking my own ignorance. Yeah, we're in ignorance, but mostly we're held by illusion. Lack of knowledge. Oh, you think, oh, I know so much. What are you talking about? Well, I, ha I have degrees and I have so many letters after my name. It's like a whole alphabet, PhDs and all that other stuff. You know, I've lost track of it. I don't have any of that. Uh, DH, dumbhead. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, lack of knowledge, lack of knowing. Uh, and we're held prisoner by three things. Does anybody know what they are? What are those three things that hold us prisoner? Yeah, but they're part of the three modes. Larry, Moe, and Kurt. No, it's not. No, it's, that's some, three something else. The three modes were held uh, prisoner. And the thing of it is, uh, you get it early in life. I mean, they give it to you right away. As soon as you're born, you're gi it's given to you. And we see this all throughout our creation. Uh, elephants. Elephants are big and powerful. They're, I, I guess they're the most powerful land animal, right? <coughs> unless, I, unless they've changed it. That was supposed to be funnier than that. <laughs> she said entertaining. That means you're supposed to laugh. So, yeah, they're powerful. Elephants are incredibly powerful. And uh, how do you control an elephant? For instance, when the elephant is a little teeny baby, they tie him with a rope. And he's just a little teeny guy, and he may try to run away, but the rope holds him. And so after some time, he becomes accustomed, and he becomes educated to the fact that th the rope is stronger than he is. But as he grows up, he still believes that. And so they tie an elephant. This is fact. They tie an elephant with a rope. The elephant sees the rope, and he knows, I can't break that, although he could just like that. Because he was little tiny, he couldn't. But now he's gigantic. And if he breaks the rope, it's just an accident, you see. Uh, this is true. Another thing, since we're out west, here we are in Arizona, <clears throat> and I've used this example before. It's like, have you ever, do we have any, uh, any people who ride horses here? Any? Well, we're in Arizona. Nobody rides a horse. <laughs> so I'm going to use it anyway. Somebody might. You know how they tie a horse up when the rider comes riding up? You've probably seen it on western movies. They come and they just take the, the rein and they wrap it around the hitching post. They don't tie a knot. I remember seeing that in the movies and I saw it in Texas many, many decades ago. <clears throat> I saw this guy. He rode up and he hitched his horse and he just wrapped it around this hitching post without making a knot or anything. And I said, excuse me, sir. And he was, he was a cowboy. It was in Abilene, Abilene, Texas. It was an obvious cowboy. 
I said, How, why don't you tie that? You know, you just wrapped it around. The horse, all he has to do is pull his head slightly and he can walk away. He said, yeah, but he don't know that. You see, when he was a little baby, we taught him that he couldn't just walk away. Now we just have to wrap it around. As a matter of fact, now that he's big and grown, if I tied it and he got spooked, he'd pull the whole hitching post down. But he believes that he's being held by just wrapping it around. Wrapped it around two or three times, and that's it. So we're being held by illusion, you see. Uh, you may not think it's against your will, but it is against your will. You don't really want to be here. So what are those things that hold us? Illusion. Now, uh, like I said, you're, it's given to you at birth. You're a human being. You're uh, an American. You're a this. You're a that. In our family, we always vote Republican, or we always vote Democrat, or we always do this, or we always do that. You see, so it's fed to you from childhood. You're also told that, uh, you know, if you're a good boy, Santa Claus will bring you something. You know, you'll get that. So we're, we're fed all, by, all our life. And not just in childhood. You're used to buying what's, what's uh, fed to you. You know, what people are trying to sell you. Uh, let me give you a, a crude example. <coughs> marketing. Uh, marketing. Uh, people are feeding you things all the time. But let me show you one thing that, this is true history. Uh, back in the 60s, excuse me, back in the 20s, 1920s, way back, almost 100 years ago. Wow. 98, 98 years ago. It's kind of dizzying when you think about it. Like the 20s used to seem like a long time ago, but not that far. Whew, time moves on. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Back in the 20s, at that time, almost everybody smoked. Almost everybody. I mean, almost all men. Very few women smoked. But most men. So tobacco companies wanting to expand their uh, marketing, who, who are they going to get to take up smoking? Practically everybody does. Why people started smoking back then real young. They kept it up all their lives. Uh, there were no warnings on cigarettes in those days. They didn't know that it would uh, uh, give you lung cancer. As a matter of fact, some people thought, it's good for you. you know. Uh, so. In order to expand their market, Big Tobacco decided, let's go to the untapped market. Women. All men smoke, hardly any women do. So we, let's just get together an, an ad campaign and we'll tell them that it's your right. And you're not going to let them deny your right, are you? And the lady said, well, no, I'm not going to let anybody deny my rights. And so they came up with it. This is a real, you can check, you can Google this. This, is, this was fact. Uh, it's very effective, too. The cigarette companies called cigarettes torches of freedom. <laughs> torches of freedom. Don't you let anybody stop you from your privilege to smoke. 
And the result of it was that millions of women started to smoke. I think still today, fewer women smoke. Women aren't as attracted to it as men, you see. But many were inspired, because uh, it's your right, and don't let anybody take that right away from you. That happened again in the 70s. Uh, they started making cigarettes. <coughs> it was so um, successful, they did it again. Remember the Virginia Slim commercials? You've come a long way, baby. And they, they started making the long, slender, skinny cigarettes for women. Men didn't smoke, but women did. So they, they did it again and got them to, uh, because women don't, they're not so, so much attracted to it. So it's kind of, stopped, you know, so they, they did it again, they were very, uh, I mean, it's not just women they pick on, it's children, uh, everybody, marketings, always throwing some illusion at you. Uh, so we're held by illusion, we're held by the three modes, goodness, passion, and ignorance. You know, we're kind of like prisoners. And <coughs> Unfortunately, we don't even know it. We just think this is the way life is. You know, this is the way uh, the way things are, and we believe what we're told. Uh, marketing, politics doesn't it, it? Marketing and politics don't really have to be true anymore. It used to be, <clears throat> we expected some truth, but it doesn't have to be. None of this stuff has to be true anymore. I don't know, I think they have enough lawyers and they can, you can sue them and it doesn't matter. None of this stuff has to be really true. So, uh, although we're held hostage, we start to think that, well, this is okay, you see, because once in a while we have some, some good. We have, we get a, a tax return check, you know, Although it's my money they're giving me back, but I get, uh, there's always a spike in the economy when the, the checks are, are coming up. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you your money back. You overpaid, I'm gonna give it back to you. Aren't I being nice? I'm gonna give you your overpaid money back. And then uh, there's always the weekend. We can work hard all week and we get the weekend which means we just have to cut the grass and get caught up on what we missed during the week. But then you work 50 weeks a year and you get your vacation, you see? So I'm struggling to keep ahead and uh, once in a while I get a little breather. Uh, the material world does this to you. You get suffering, things aren't so good, but then it gets kind of good for a little while. So you get uh, into thinking that good does come from the material energy. Does anybody recognize what this is? There's a psychological word for this. It's called the Stockholm Syndrome. Has anybody heard of this? No, you can Google it. You've heard of it, yeah. It's real, psychologists are good. <coughs> Stockholm Syndrome, I forgot why they called it the Stockholm Syndrome and not the Copenhagen syndrome, but it's the Stockholm syndrome. It's, it comes from people that are held prisoner and they're treated uh, very badly and they're suffering like everything. 
So every so often their captors will, give, will be very nice to them. We'll give them some good food and, and stop the torture. So they start to think that good comes from my captor. The rest of the time, it's suffering like every, but any, every so often they come and they're good to them. So you can Google it, it's, it's real. So we start to think that this material world is the source of our pleasure. I can suffer anything. Just give me the weekend and give me my tax return and give me my vacation. And on someday I'll retire. I won't have to put up with this. You know, I won't have to work so hard. Of course, I'm not going to have a lot of money and I'm going to be old. <laughs> you see, so you see where I'm going? The material world kind of holds us uh, prisoner. So what is the great escape? How do we escape? So we can, we can take the words of Krishna. Some of you probably know where I'm going with this. Bhagavad Gita 7.14. Krishna says, Daivihi Eshi Gunamayi, Mamamaya Duratyaya, Mameva Yet Prapadyante, Mayame Tam Tarantite. Krishna says, this divine energy of mine this divine energy of mind consisting of the three modes of material nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. Mamamaya Dorakyaya is very difficult to overcome. I mean, he's saying, he's understating. He's, it's difficult to overcome the material energy. That's by design. But those who have surrendered unto me, if you surrender unto me, then you can easily cross over it. Krishna says, again, this divine energy of mind consisting of the three modes of material nature is difficult to overcome. But those who have surrendered unto me can easily cross beyond it. What is the magic that you get when you surrender to Krishna? Why is it that when you are held by this illusion, it's difficult? That Prabhupada says in the purport, it's, it's not even possible for you to get out of it. Are you going to speculate your, your way out of it? Are you going to spend your days trying to speculate a way to get away? Or most people don't even know that they're in Maya. They don't know they're in illusion. Uh, one psychologist that I was talking to one time was saying that nobody that's having a mental problem, when people are really kind of, I don't know what's the politically correct word, insane, is that permissible? I mean, you gotta be careful. People are so sensitive now if you don't use the right they get really upset. So, I don't know, crazy might be out, insane may be in our mentally challenged. Said, Whatever, you, you pick one that you like, okay? I'm not politically correct. I can't keep up with all this. So, they don't know it. People don't come to the psychiatrist and say, you know, I'm really mentally challenged. I'm crazy. You know, no. They think there's, no, there's nothing wrong with them. 
isn't it isn't it right if we have our psychologist here isn't that correct so people don't know it they think i'm just trying to make it through who's trying to get by trying to make it through to what you know what's the prize at the end should profit says excuse me the supreme energy excuse me the supreme personality of godhead has innumerable energies all these energies are divine although the living entities are part of his energies and are therefore divine that means you you're divine krishna is divine all of his energy is divine you're part of his energy you are divine but you don't know it it's just like the elephant that can easily break the rope or the horse that can easily walk away they don't know it but you are divine you don't have to tolerate uh, ignorance you don't have to be held under the clutches of the three modes of material nature you just simply don't have to you can say i refuse and krishna says but if you surrender to me i'll arrange it so you can easily cross over this this problem uh, how do we take away ignorance by knowledge you get knowledge you get knowledge by coming and hearing you get knowledge from reading you see you get knowledge from associating with people who have it you see so this is the process you're all on the right path the problem is even though you're a divine energy the difference between you and krishna is that when you come in contact with the material energy you become affected by it. This kind of shoots the, the theory of uh, we're all God. You know, it shoots, it blows a big hole in that theory. It's all one. How can it be all, how can you be God? You come in contact with Maya or illusion and you fall into illusion. Therefore, you can't be God because Maya, illusion, is more powerful than you. Then illusion is God. Right? I mean, I'm not juggling words. This is true. This is logic. So, but it's easy to sell that. You can tell people, no, you're God. I'm God. You're God. Well, why are we here? Well, we're just, we're God. And we wondered, what would it be like if I went to the material world and took birth and suffered? And do you think Krishna ever wondered about that? You know? Don't you think he knows? <laughs> See, this is really cheapening God. You know. The source of the material energy, he wonders what it is. Well, come on. See? So even though you are divine in your nature, well, you've come in contact with this material energy. And you've become bewildered by it. You think you're part of this. This applies to me. This world applies to me. The laws of this material world, they all apply to me. They apply to your body. And therein is the problem. You believe that you are your body. You see? Well, if, if you can see that, my dear Lord Krishna, I am your eternal servant, so therefore I'm surrendering, to, I'm re-surrendering to you, 
it's not that i think i'll become your servant i'm just realizing that i've always been your servant it's just for some time now i've become under the uh, i've come under the illusion of the material energy so i want my identity back it's mine and i want it so i'm recognizing that i am your servant and krishna says how did he put that krishna says but those who have surrendered unto me Therein is the hard part. That surrender word. Well, I don't want to surrender to anybody. You know? I mean, that means I have to kind of admit that maybe there's somebody better than me. In the material world, most people think that they're as good as, if not better, than just about anybody else. I mean, at least as good as. You see, including God. It's all one. You see how I just included God in that? It's all one. So therefore, I and God, are, we're all one. You see, this is illusion. It's true. You are part of his energy. And you are one in that. And when you are serving him with love and devotion... You are one with him in consciousness. But you will always be you. And he will always be him. Therefore, there is a relationship. A loving relationship. You see? So, if you just reclaim your uh, entitlement of being his servant, then Krishna says it can easily cross beyond this. Uh, these three modes of mind easily as a matter of fact it goes away the, the modes no longer have any effect over you if the modes <clears throat> continue to have an effect over you then you haven't surrendered you still have your own self interest so I'm going to pause and see are there any questions comments anyone practical way to describe how to surrender well Prabhupada says in the purport thanks for reminding me of mm-hmm. uh, this guna mind guna is another word for uh, word for guna is rope We're held by this rope this guna uh, Prabhupada says in the purport that you really can't do this on your own. You need to go to someone who has this knowledge to give you that will push away your ignorance. You have to seek out the devotees. You have to seek out devotees of Krishna. Best, Prophet says, you find uh, a guru. You find a guru. He has this knowledge that can help you realize that you can walk away 
the guru will give you instructions. Start by chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Stop eating nonsense food. Start eating what you can offer to Krishna. Offer everything to Krishna. Take his remnants. Associate with people who are trying to do the same thing as you. This is an unusual instruction. If you want to be a doctor, you ever notice that people that want to be doctors, they're associating with people who want to be doctors. It's called medical school. Or people who want to be accountants, they go to accounting school. They're associating with people who are trying to achieve the same goal. This makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So you seek out the association of people with the same destination in mind as you have. You see? And they will help you. They'll pull you along. First you find Shiksha Guru. Shiksha Guru will teach you. Then you'll have another Shiksha Guru. Then you'll have a, a whole life of the Shiksha Gurus that are teaching you and giving you knowledge, pushing away the ignorance. As you get knowledge, ignorance starts to leave. You see? And then at some point, you will uh, find Diksha Guru. Diksha Guru takes you even further, hooks you up. Uh, you, get, you become connected. You see? Does that make any sense? Is that, yeah, it's good. Does that answer your, problem, your question? Th this is the. Uh, the duty that we have to ourselves, you see? It may look like, well, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't, want, I don't know if I want to associate with all these people that are leaping in the air and clapping their hands and chanting Hare Krishna. Well, they look tar too darn happy, don't they? I don't know if I want to be that happy all the time. Well, I've got problems. I got some real problems here. Why do I want to go leap around with all these people? Gosh, that food that they eat, you know. I like to eat food that mom taught me to eat, you know. I like to take the ignorance that was given me from birth. You know? People kicking their shoes off when they go in the house and all this, this all this stuff. Why would I want to do that? Why do I want to take instruction from anybody? Well, who do they think they're talking to? Don't they know that I've got this degree and that degree? You see, this is kind of like a nature that we have because uh, we're kind of mavericks. We've decided we want to get away from Krishna. That's why we're here. Why do I want to be a play second fiddle or second banana, they call them, somebody who helps the MC? Why does he get all the all the acclaim? What about me? You see? So we have kind of have that nature and that's why we've tried to get away from him. You know? So Krishna says all you have to do is surrender to me. But that includes his devotees. Doesn't mean that, well, I want Krishna, but I don't want these other people. You know. Why do you think God's jumping around chanting and 
smiling all the time? Yes. <laughs> or do you think he's talking about his problems? Oh, you see God, you know. How are you, my dear Lord? Oi, can we talk? Oi, Thomas. No, he's like, I don't want to hear your problems. I can take care of it. Just chant. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Chant and be happy. Take prasadam and be happy. Associate with those people who are trying to be happy. Uh, all right, so thank you all very much. And uh, all glories to Srila Prabhupada.